A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. He's either lying to you or he's shagged expert. <laughs> Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 7th of June in the year of our Lord 2001. Magnavox Odyssey. Oh, Magnavox. Okay, there we go. They sang Vienna. Eh, eh. <laughs> Shaggy. Back is... on my bullshit, baby. There we go. <laughs> like Stain, it's been a while. <laughs> Shaggy, the double header of Hot Shop being the one album, and the single Angel featuring. Oh, fuck off. Uh, Ray, <laughs> Ray Vaughn. Ravon! That's what it says. Ravon! That was a real it, singer. It can't be that Ravon. <laughs> Ravon! Shaggy teamed up with the, the mulleted guy from Phoenix, Phoenix Nights. Phoenix Nights! No, it just is Ravon. The louder you scream, the faster the ride. R A Y V O N. So, what about me? What about Ravon? Uh, <laughs> you on your Shaggy. Also, in weird news, uh, Ireland, the 7th of June, to the surprise of the Irish government and the other EU member states, Irish voters rejected the Treaty of Nice in June 2001. Or was it Nice? I forget. Nice. The turnout itself was low, 34%. The treaty was not nice. Partly a, partly a result of the failure of the major Irish political parties to mount a strong campaign on the issue, presuming that the Irish electorate would pass the treaty, as all previous such treaties had been passed uh, by major majorities. So... Everyone went, this little thing about the, you know, the Treaty of Nice. Uh, yeah, I won't even make much of an effort because it will just go through, right? It didn't. I was like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Um, other sections, people who voted for it, viewed the leadership of the union as out of touch and arrogant, with the treaty offering a perceived chance to shock the European leadership into a greater willingness to listen to its critics. Yeah, it went well. Uh, anyway, in October 2002, they would redo it, and it was a 60% vote yes. A near 50% turnout. And nothing ever bad happened, and... Um, Regarding European voting, can you please explain? The, can you please explain the Treaty of Nice through the medium of Snoopy tennis? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I know the Treaty of Nice. Actually, we—that's how we got the um... biscuits. You are a prick. <laughs> I can't think of biscuits. Now. I felt that word. Biscuit-shaped island. I, I felt that word in my mouth, and it literally punched its way out. <laughs> it punched its way out. 
the best way to describe it. One of those big biscuits you hear about. My brain went, don't say biscuits, don't say biscuits. <laughs> Back with the boys again. Treaty and niece, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, another political news. Uh, the Labour Party attains a second successive landslide election victory because nothing bad's going to happen in the next few years. Be fine. Uh, among the new entrants to Parliament, 34-year-old future Conservative Prime Minister David Cameron, who's just finished uh, OVW, and uh, <laughs> retiring is uh, Edward Heath, the former Conservative Prime Minister, who at the age of 84... Oh, sprightly new youngster. Was the oldest member of the last parliament and also its longest serving continuous member, having served since 1950. <laughs> Christ on a bike. When he was in his 50s. Also, William Egg, to his friends, announces his reg- resignation as Conservative Party leader after four years. Very political this week, isn't it? No, it certainly is, because nothing else is happening apart from Castlevania Circle of the Moon. There we go. Which there you could go. not play if you didn't have one of those attachable lights for the Game Boy Advance, because the original version wasn't backlit. Ooh. So you needed that clip on that or play pointless little light for the game. Yeah, or to play directly in front of the sun. <laughs> which I guess you can do if you're a billionaire nowadays. Castlevania was then. brilliant if you were in a car in the middle of the night oh, on the motorway. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. Hang on. Pause. 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 <laughs> Despite the game's success, series producer Koji... Igarashi, uh, who had not been involved in his production, was critical of the game. Quote, it did not match with the world Castlevania had established over a long period of time. And he admitted it was a good system, just didn't work for us. In 2002, Circle of the Moon was removed from the series timeline. Uh, Igarashi noted the reason for the removal was not due to his non-involvement, but instead the intention of the game's development team for Circle of the Moon be a standalone title. Definitely due to What a salty bitch. Uh, that was... <laughs> Everything that was happening in the wonderful world of reality. But what a what a what a what is the little lad with wings from Star Wars Episode 1 is happening <laughs> in the disgusting, drama-filled, everyone's dead, Dave, period, <laughs> for WF Smackdown. The answers to all those questions and more that you didn't ask, stupid Dennis, uh, can only be found right here and right now with the dulcet tones of myself, Mafu, and one of the best people he knows in real life, Mr. Tom Campbell, to take us on a little journey through Bollocksville. How you doing, Tom? Oh, mate, Bollocksville is a welcome retreat. It's been, uh, it's, I'm lovely, thank you. It's, it's been a busy time. Today's an exciting day in our household. We have a new addition arriving to our house today, which I've not told you about. Today we get a new washer dryer. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was having a child. <laughs> Imagine, although, Math, although what I would say, Math, come back from the dead, come back from the dead, oh, yeah, Math. I'm not... Imagine, right, if this was genuine, like, if, I, if I was about to announce, oh, yes, our baby is due today, right? What a, what a piece of shit I am. Oh, Alex is going into labour. Shall I do the Smackdown podcast with Math and I'll be with you? But what are you talking about, Tom? That's exactly what you'd be doing. Fair, actually. I know the kids today, but I've got a shift. Oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Alex. Right, okay, I know, uh, I know you're due today. I'll leave my phone on whilst we talk about 2001 wrestling. <laughs> Ringers, you might have to look, wait for Travis Flowers in the Window to stop playing. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Sorry, so Steve Austin comes out. Yeah. <laughs> 
God. Uh, new washer right. dryer today. Ours have been knackered for about four weeks, and we're getting a new one arrived today. So I'm very happy to hear. Oh, got the twins oh, coming in. The twins. The twins. <laughs> the the twins time, are here. Speaking of Snoopy tennis, I do feel like Peanuts trying to kick the ball. Because <laughs> that's, that's twice today. I've gone rip. Yeah, and I'll fall for it every time. So. <laughs> uh, all is otherwise good. We had my nephew. We weren't here last week, and that was because because <laughs> okay, um, yeah, yeah. my nephew <laughs> arrived. Um, to stay with us for he was in a the few washer dryer. Days. He was in the washer dryer. Uh, initially, what I thought was going to be, oh, he's, 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 we're going to have him for the weekend. And then his mum dropped him off on Wednesday. The Fine. weekend shows up Wednesday. <laughs> well, was... they French. Because <laughs> we have that. Can we have that? Oh, because I thought we we. Well, it's good to see you, Tom. It's great to be here, mate. I hope you've put oat milk in this, by the way. I did, yes. Thank God for that. I had the green lid on it. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, it did, yes. It's a green one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, we had Noah for a bit. Noah's lovely. Noah's top-notch. We did some streaming on Twitch. We played FIFA. He showed me how brilliant he is at FIFA. That was good fun. Nice. Went to the cinema, went to mini-golf. Oh. I think we realised. We mentioned this. You gave him Baby's Day Out. Pretty much did, yeah. We had a lovely four oh, days. He? He's uh, 32. No, he's uh, <laughs> seven years old. <laughs> he's a sprightly seven years old. So it's like every few minutes he's like, like Tom, look at, look at this. Look at this dance I can do. Look at this wrestling move. Look at this, Tom. Tom. Like, yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. He's lovely. He's lovely. So um, did, you, did you show him, uh, did he show you all his games and it was like Call of Duty, no, Evil, well, and you showed him hit your games, which are Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> he was impressed with Fall Guys, and we played a lot oh, of Spider-Man okay. as well. I like Spider-Man. Oh, okay, good. Played Fall Guys quite a bit, though. Um, we realised that Alex and I, like, should we ever decide to bring children into the world, uh, something that we are not in a in a huge rush to do, we quite like, what's the term? Disposable income. Uh, we decided that should that ever happen, like, we kind of already know from the, the week we did with Noah kind of what our roles would be in that family pyramid. Oh, okay. So it's, and, and it's unfortunate for Alex because I said, you would probably be the disciplinarian and I'd just be the fun dad. Oh. <laughs> I'd be the one that would go, I'd be, be your mum that would go, no, you can't have ice cream. And then I'd go, we'll have some ice cream in a bit. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be the dad who just want the kid to be my mate. <laughs> and Alex would be the one that would go, right, stop it. <laughs> and I'd be the one that give him a little wink and go, or her, give her a little wink, uh, or them, give him a little wink and just go, ah, there you go. You'd be the Robin Williams and she'd be the um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> the Robin Williams. I forget her name. As of the day of recording this, as soon as I record this, uh, I've got to nip home because obviously washer dryer arriving. This is the new late development. It's exciting. And then go from there to do some radio stuff. And then I'm back here later on recording with you to do some wrestling commentary yeah. for North Wrestling. Fantastic. It's I've, a huge day. I've had people are really excited for the Middle Age Smackdown podcast. <laughs> I am. Fantastic. We'll start off with a washer dryer. <laughs> no, and the knee street. Looking after, looking after a, a Ben. You, there's some stuff in this Smackdown that I'm very excited What to, to do about, about those grey hairs. <laughs> yeah. Later on, Harker Holly will be unblocking a sink with a dropkick. I <laughs> can't wait until we're doing Smackdown in 2022 and it's like 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 Tom how you getting on how you getting on Tom pal yeah I'm fine me uh <laughs> what's the thing that's called me prostate's grown again oh how you getting on Tom yeah it's fine I'm just wheezing getting up the stairs yeah 
Live from Tom's shed. I tr- yeah, I'm in, I'm in the shed today because the triplets aren't settling down. <laughs> now, no, no, look, you mean quadruplets, wouldn't it? Just four of the buggers. <laughs> Bless you. So well, I'm, hi- I'm, hi- I'm in the shed because the quadruplets can't settle down and I'm just hiding because I'm the cool dad. Yeah. So I don't come into use for another couple of years. All the strimmers are looking at us with angry eyes. <laughs> like Don't I'm- do the fucking nice biscuit joke again, Tom. I swear <laughs> to God. All right, strimmer. How are you, more importantly? Mm. I'm doing perfectly fine. Uh, sometimes I have good weeks and sometimes I have bad weeks. This is a good week. Good. Matthew's back to doing gym stuff. His body is a bit confused about this because he didn't get any sleep last night. Uh, not because of over-caffeination or anything like that. I went out and did my exercise like a good little boy. I did my steps. I knackered my knee and I flexed it. I went, oh, it's actually all right. I'm good for that. Um, but then I did that thing where I go, okay, time for bed. And the body goes... You were knackered earlier. I'm going to give you 50 cc's of adrenaline rush. I'm like, no, nobody. No, no, no. I'm lying down on bed. It's like, all right, clear. I'm like, oh, no. Adrenaline rush, adrenaline rush. So I tossed a turn, couldn't sleep at night. First you ran for me. Oh, man. And all the rest. And nothing happened. So I think I listened to... Uh, what I had been listening to to help me get sleep is listen to Chris Morris's uh, Blue Jam. Oh, nice. The dodgy radio version of the Orient yeah. dodgy video series. But it's all like lo-fi. Really you know, lo-fi, lo-fi and psychedelic. Yeah, a it? lo-fi comedy series with his voice talking and saying words that sound funny, spagball. What is it you the know? kids call it? It's like vaporwave comedy. Yeah, vapor. Yeah, I'd say they that. Call is it vaporware or vaporwave? I thought it was called vaporwave. Yeah, what's vaporware? I think vaporware is um, when you try and download... An e-cigarette. That's right. That's right. That is, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you try to play like a Windows 95 game. That's vapor. We try, try and play a Windows 95 e-cigarette. Chris Morris dealt with lo-fi beats in the background. And now I'm going to try and install this Monkey <laughs> Island one. Sounds right. quite relaxing. Actually. Okay, that's a tedious. Uh, so we're doing very well. Sounds like the therapist. Mm. Uh, definitely on the same level, which is busy and knackered. So living the dream, mate. Perfect setup for what? The next segment is... The Mailbag! That's right. I hadn't forgotten. This is a brand new bit, The Mailbag. La Mailibargo. So thank you for reaching out and uh, using classic at cultaholic.com. That's us. To have a little chat with us. Uh, from Gus McQueen. Fiddle Faddle. Hello, vintage boys. Mount a bank, rapscallion, fiddle faddle. For context, I've been re-listening to the classic Smackdown review. And in episode 22, at around 48 and 30, you asked people to send in their favorite oldie worldy words. So here are these. Oh, we did. I actually remember that one. Yeah. Well, this, go on. This new email is pretty neat. Gus from Indiana. Thank you, Gus. Say, say those ones again, those oldie timey uh, words. Mountebank. Mountebank. Yep. Rapscallion. Rapscallion's a good one. Fiddle faddle. I don't know what fiddle faddle is. I think, I think, I think he's made them up. At least some of them. Rapscallion's real, though. Rapscallion is real. So that's it's still good. real to me. throwing one real one and two made up ones. Yeah. Thank and, you very much for the email, pal. And thank you for the intensive context. I appreciate that. Because as I've said many times, I'll get the odd message from somebody just going, cheese is actually grown in, in England. And I'll go, sorry? Yeah, in, in February of 2020, 18 minutes into this podcast, you said that. I'm surprised you don't remember. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I, that you I gave like, me the context. Uh, vagabond, if that counts all Vagabond. Shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans is a fantastic one. Love the word shenanigans. Diabolical. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, send us more. No, don't. Um. There are just some oldie words. Elizabeth Lockley. What's that? Yes, a woman listens to this that isn't Stoffwaffle. Thank you, Stoffwaffle. Hi, you two. Hello. 
All three of the classic podcasts make my week. Uh, that and Wrestling Bios Reliving the War. Oh, oh Wrestling Bios is fantastic. Give him a little nod. Uh, maybe once 02 rolls around, I might pony up the cash to try and be a guest on one of the SmackDown reviews. Hopefully the one where Big Show gives The Undertaker his box. <laughs> not too much to say. Just wanted to let Matthew know he is a Wally for not appreciating the greatness that is the Shenmue series. I'm still bitter <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's from Moo Moo Soon. AKA Elizabeth Lockley's comes upon your message. Thank you. A ball. A child's ball. May I take the ball? <laughs> no, you idiot. That's not that's not yours. Okay, I will press X. May I, I take the washer dryer? No, those are Tom's. <laughs> I see. A washer dryer set. <laughs> Who do you sound like that? Dave Meltzer. Do I? <laughs> Shen, Shen Meltzer. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm a shame you sounds like that. <laughs> the adventure to find the run-on sentences. My two and a half impression. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for the, the email. Amanda Schultz. What's that? Yes, a woman that isn't Elizabeth Lockley and Stuff Waffle that listens to this podcast. It's a triple threat. Tom and Matthew, this may be an impossible task, but out of all the times you've lost it, which is your favourite? Also, what is your favourite bit? We've done lots of bits, haven't we? Do you need to take that call? No. I always get wow, nervous. My when phone is just no selling me. Um, I always get nervous when a phone number comes up and I don't recognise it. I'll give him a ring after you obviously got a press for time. Um, what is the thing? I, uh, the, 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 times that we've lost it. Oh, I know. When we were talking about that weird episode where DX were like, well, we're going to have all the homeless people come in. Hey, look, that oh, one looks yeah. like Jericho. And they're all in. I think it's when we really hit our footing with this. And it was just, I don't know why I've written this, Tom, but I'll say it. Uh, because the segment was just going nowhere. And there's 15 of the segments. So I was just bored trying to think of anything funny to say. So I was like, I, I've written this song. I don't know if this is going to ruin the mood or anything, but I've written down, uh, DX feed the homeless, and then Viscera comes in and has sex with them. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> this is Viscera of the Dueling Pimp <laughs> organization for one week. That One week, get a pimp. The one-week story was it where he was where was visitor geocities.com forward slash visitor of the pimp. Man, the, the good old days. What about yourself, Tom? Because you lose it. Oh every, my god, I lose week. it on the regular. I, I think. I mean, ones that stick out to me, um, the Milky Bike Kid. That was good. When um, Undertaker had all that paint stripper thrown on his bike, and it looked like his bike was covered in milk. Uh, I think. I think up there. And it's been captured by Colonel XB magnificently. It's the time where, for some reason, Kane and the Undertaker's promo bled into the the steamed hams sketch, which we did. Oh, what's in there? Cry, 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 An cry, inferno cry, match. Cry, 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 cry. Yes, I remember that. Uh, yeah, again, and that's been animated by uh, Colonel XB, who did the "That's Got to Be Kane" series. He's such a such a magnificent person. John Eilly and, uh, and Colonel XB bring Matthew Gregg and I's visions to life in they the most do. magnificent like, like way. Like Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. Oh, a special en route thing to, was it Austin versus Triple H? That would be No Mercy 99, I think. And I don't know, but we started doing 1950s commentary. Yes! For about 25 minutes. <laughs> and, and it just oh, went on and I on and on. I got you good. I got you good. Because it was like... Oh, Lutez challenging. <laughs> was it Farmer John? You sit there. Farmer and you, Birds. Farmer Birds. You <laughs> sit there and you thump your tractor. <laughs> you sit there and you thump your tractor. Oh, 
Something oh, yeah. that Brock Lesnar did recently. So oh, yeah. How the well, world history turns. repeats itself. Try to keep us right. <laughs> that was how Luther's and Farmer Burns <laughs> match ended. <laughs> with, Far- with Farmer Burns using his tractor to lift the ring up. Luther's got a count-out win. Uh, that was a smoky bar, by the way, called uh, Triple H. Uh, Scott D sent us a link to a Ken Shamrock interview, uh, which is really cool, which is which talks a bit about uh, his departure from WWE. Yeah, very Thank weird. you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks for reaching out. Uh, thank you to Dan Rushby, who's messaged in saying, Hey, lads, hope you're both well. We all know that the invasion angle was rushed and never should have been done straight away. But as you pointed out last week, they literally had to do something. My question is, what is that something? If they hadn't gone ahead with the invasion angle and waited, what would you suggest should be done to try and overcome this drop in wrestling? And what would Vince have done to keep the WWF in business? Thanks for everything you do. Much love, Dan Rushby. I'll hear, again, uh, much love as always. I'll hear this three times a week as I do with every other review during my week. It never gets old. P.S. For last week, no math, no Mark Haskins and RVD. I was meaning more Robbie X and Lizzie Evo being unknown to American audiences. But thanks for clarifying some 1PW questions for me. Oh, okay. That's from Dan. Fair enough then. Thank you, because I thought it was going to be like, quite sarcastic and biting then he had every right to be but no he was actually very nice about that thank yeah. you pal I'm working on a little video um, about a subject that kind of is similar to this I don't want to give too many I don't want to show my cards too much um, but in terms of what they should have done I mean you, uh, it's difficult because well, if they didn't do the invasion what would, what they, would they have, they have done, done? In, in my head uh, I think you, you, you give Kurt Ang- you, you know you, you lean into Kurt Angle as a baby face certainly during the summer, you have yeah. The Rock come back anyway. And whilst yeah. you've got kind of got Rock and Austin tying up their loose ends, that's where you're building stars. That's where you get someone like Edge or Chris Jericho yeah. up to the top. I think that The Undertaker storyline with The Stalker could have been stretched out, incorporated a few more characters, giving you some sort of spooky nonsense over the summer. Um, but in terms of what you could have done, at that point, you, wore, you, you needed just to buy time mm. to make stars that was the big issue was there was just no stars. And by the time 20, 2001 had got through, and if you'd been able to get through with enough people on top, creating enough sort of buzz, you could have used the time to build other people. By 2002, some of those names are coming back, and then you've got the names yeah. that were coming back and the stars that you've made in 2001. It's a tough one, and it involves a long-term plan rather than short-term snapshot booking, which, mm. which Vince was always a fan of. <laughs> I would have uh, I agree with everything you just said. I made that you. nice and simple for me. But I've also said this would have been a perfect opportunity for yet another Kane in the main event scene run oh. that he missed out last year because a big show, fat bastard. So Kane in the main Kane event. When in doubt, use Kane. If in doubt, break. Always Kane over. Glass. Never been more over than this year, so it would have been perfect for him. Uh, Bloody invasion ruin everything. Thank you for that one. Fergus Jeffs, dear Tom and Matthew, first day listeners to the podcast, first time emailer. Wow, this I always feel bad for people that jump on because it's there's so much it's so deep in lore is this it's podcast. Like, Hi, I just started watching One Piece. Oh, well, which episode did you start watching? 930. <laughs> yeah. Uh just wanted to begin by saying how much I enjoy the classic Smackdown review. That's a relief. Uh, <laughs> you guys stink. Goodbye. It's an essential part of my weekly listening habits now. I can rarely think of a show as maybe cry with laughter as many times as Tom and Matthew talking tangents Aww. about test video game ineptitude, the ever-expanding Caneverse, and yes. the many adventures of the British Bulldog. Okay, so you have been... Oh, he's just in the Bulldog bit. Yeah. He's put us our first day listener to the podcast. Oh, okay. But, but, whether you've just spent all day 
listening. Bless okay, you. Good. With that out of the way, at the time I write this, you're currently on the road to King of the Ring 01, where business yep. is starting to decline. The roster is thinning day by day. The invasion is just starting to rear its ugly head. So many big names out of action. I have a question. I know you're still in the early stage of the invasion, but here we go. Any time now, get to your question. Uh, out of the- <laughs> Sorry, I was very... Here we go. Here's my question. Here we go. Any minute now. Out of the... It's, I like when um, people message into the mailbag and they send you like a 37-page biography. We get that on the other podcast before going, well. before going, with that in mind, who's the best wrestler? With that in mind, how big are your tits? <laughs> out of those who eventually miss out on the invasion, like, um, who do you think the WF will miss the most? And if some or all of those stars are available to play a part in the angle, would their abilities have been enough to stop the invasion equally being seen? So, okay. So I think what I gather from that is who should WWE have brought in for the invasion that they didn't. I mean, there's loads. All of them. Nash, Goldberg, Sting, Hall, um, Hogan, <laughs> Flair. Sting will always be the answer for this because... At least Sting. He was the biggest star who didn't come in until, you know, when he was paggered. And then when AEW and then got healed again because wrestlers' bodies, I can't figure out. But it's obviously because of DDP and Booker T having such a bad run that Sting went, oh, maybe not, eh? Maybe I'll think about this. So it would be interesting to see if Sting came in and he got a rubbish gimmick or a rubbish run. We wouldn't be getting the best of Sting. We'd be getting crap Sting. Crap Sting. Wolfpack Sting. But Sting nonetheless. Mm. By the way, you can buy Little Mermaid 2 Pinball Frenzy and Snoopy Tennis for a combined £7 on the ZEX website if you are interested. Well, if you want to buy something for Christmas. Uh, love hearing you two talking bollocks on a weekly basis with a side order of wrestling. Thank you to Fergus Aww. Jeffs for that lovely love message. It. We get great messages. We do. Nathan Haas. We've got so many this week. Um, hi, Tom. Oh, sorry. Oi, Tom. I say you. I recently watched a video of the top 25 Spike Dudley moves. I guess we all have to do things whilst we're having a shit. Um, <laughs> sometimes I forget my phone. I read the back of the shampoo. Oh, there you go. That's the old school way you're doing it. These weren't spots, though, but his moveset. And there was multiple examples of each. Number 25 was his inverted atomic drop to clothesline combo. Number one was, of course, the acid drop. However, it was number 11 that caught my eye. It was every time someone else picked up Spike and threw him out of the ring onto a pile of people. <laughs> That's a move in Spike's repertoire. I love that it's considered one of his moves, and it was called the assisted plancher. I've never heard that name before, and it's now my favorite. For context, number six was the assisted splash, where he stood on someone's shoulders, so the assisted plancher really is taking a move by someone throwing you. For all future classic SmackDown podcasts, could you please call it as such? So if someone picks oh, okay. up Ray Ray and throws him into the crowd, you could say Ray Mysterio performed an assisted plancher. <laughs> yeah. Are you adding law? But he's right, though. If, like, in football, if, and, you know, Spike Dudley's obviously a striker, um, if you picked him up and threw him and he, his head hit the ball and it went in, it's an assisted goal. It's true, actually. Thanks for all the wonderful content and thanks to Matthew for being on Giant Bomb Arcade oh, Pit. Are you fucking I'm, other men? I'm so, what? Oh, uh, Ixnay on the... Fuck I, bomb I can't do pig Latin. Um, no, thank you very much, pal. I hope you had a good time. Uh, thank you, Nathan, for the lovely message. Um, I have heard it was a nice time that you had on there as well. Um, and she's back to say, yeah, we, you, you were good. I'm like, oh, fuck, thanks. Uh, James Fretz. Hello, lads. This one's for the SmackDown review. Big fan of the classic reviews and have been doing some myself. I'm currently in July 02, where, spoiler alert, Steph is named GM. What? What? No, no. Be... And Test is mysteriously traded to Raw with the Un-Americans. Who are they? Aww. Q Tom saying, Steph, I can't find Link in Soul Caliper 2. 
test. You're playing the Xbox version. That's going to oh, be... Oh, that's a good... Yeah. That's, that's going to be a gag that we use in a few years' time. That is an time. O2 joke. Yeah. Yes. But I don't want to play as Spawn. Oh. <laughs> My question for you is fantasy booking related. Uh, I haven't read this, but if it's about who <laughs> who they should have got for the invasion, I'm going to throw my phone at you. Uh, this is the period we're talking about, though. With Isaac. the King of the Ring and WWE more snake pit than Randy Savage in 91, do you think WWE oh, had other people in pause, mind? Pause, 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 pause. To let that sell. That's okay. More snake pit than Randy Savage. Okay. Good, good line, actually. I, I rushed through that. And what's the rest of that, please? Do you think WWE had other people in mind for the title scene and the King of the Ring itself? With such a packed roster, who would you have put in these slots? Okay, a variation on the That's theme. a good one, actually. So, not, okay, so who would they have planned for the King of the Ring at this point? Uh, who would have been available? Um, instead of Edge? Instead of Edge. I literally can't think of anybody that was at that level, apart Eddie, from Eddie maybe... Guerrero? Oh, because kind of you've got this story with Matt and Jeff in the King of the Ring whether Eddie would have been incorporated right, in that right I could see Eddie doing that it's okay I say I'll, I'll let you pin me because I just show my love for Team Extreme oh okay and then Roll he goes up. in and just gets rolled up by Eddie or whatever um, Regal? I could see that uh, no Regal is far too good as the commissioner to be oh. doing anything else other than being silly bugger on the lower card it, it, those two things don't Mesh well at this point. Nice. No, he's, he's way too good at what he does now. I'd say that all Spike Dudley. Talk about Spike Dudley a lot, but Spike's not a bad shout. Because then he can wrestle hardcore in the semis, and he's like, yeah. hey. Uh, Fretz goes on to say, I think it would have been fun to have had Kurt Angle as a back to back king, but what if Shane McMahon had won it? Oh, shut up. Not until they get to Saudi Arabia. Keep up the hey. good work on all the reviews. You inspire me and make me laugh when I need it most. Mr. Fretz of the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle Addict Radio. And then you've put the, the link ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com slash wrestle dash addict dash radio. I'm not going to read that out. <laughs> Just in case you're better than us. Uh, Lugs.podcast.net. <laughs> Lugs pod- this is part of the Lugs Podcasting Network. For your feet and your ears. Check me up, Lugs. Check me up, Lugs. Okay, uh, David Esposito. Hello, Classic Review Team. It's Hello. quite serendipitous that your watch along for WrestleMania X7 happened during Mania Weekend this year. I know, yep. right? Yep. Hold a lot of love for nostalgia for X7, as indeed we all Ooh. do. Um, it was his first year in Arizona State University when he watched it. He says, while attending ASU, I was hired as a manager for the school's American football team. We assisted with equipment during practices. You sure you're a manager? As well as film and audio editing for game days and film study. You sound like a lackey. Yeah, hang on. Uh, <laughs> you are manager. Okay, go, go get me a drink. You sound like the guy Mary Poppins playing all the instruments, mate. Each manager would help a different position group of the team. Oh, okay, so you were manager of Chris. Oh, okay. Got it. And I was... <laughs> Why am I being a bitch today? Yeah, Alex is sending an email. I'm going to make fun of you. Oh, I'm doing a good job. I was assigned to the quarterbacks and wide receivers. Also, oh, you were the crisps then, right? Uh, that is a joke that only a certain section of the internet will get. Carry on. He's got it. That's fine. This was how I met Andrew Walter. Of course. Uh, who was a backup quarterback at the time. Oh, yeah, of course. him. Uh, Andrew would go on to win the starting job for the team in his third and fourth year before chatting on with the Raiders of the NFL. 
he sent us a link to Andrew's career. That's very kind. Uh, Andrew was a big wrestling fan. He overheard me talking about attending Raw one day. The f- Raw after No Way Out was filmed in Phoenix, went to, and I went to the show. He and I struck up a friendship, and that's how I ended up watching WrestleMania with a future NFL quarterback. That's Aww. cool. That's nice. Andrew and I lost touch once he drafted to the league and graduated college. I'll never forget seeing him around campus, always with a trail of girls in his wake, and he was <laughs> like on a string. And he would make time to come over and chat wrestling for a little bit while the ladies just stood there completely aghast while the school's heartthrob QB talked submission finishes <laughs> and pay-per-view <laughs> events with me. This is ace. Uh, anyway, the classic SmackDown review is currently at the, at the period right now around the peak of my early fandom before I wandered away from wrestling for a while. Every time I see X7, I'll always think back to watching it in the dorm with my roommate and Andrew. And I all remember Andrew throwing a horrific interception that would doom his team to defeat yet again. Thanks for all the content and smiles. You're all top shelf lads of the finest kind. David Esposito. Thank you, David. Wow, that was a really nice... What a great story. What a nice story. Our fan base is awesome. Really, really love that one. Thank you very much. Uh, If you want to send us an email, you can do. Classic at cultaholic.com. Plenty of love there. A stiff competition, like. Those are some (laughs) Yeah. And so did Dom Smith, who apparently I um, made like... uh, You you go for give me a whole yeah. Yeah. Judas. You didn't don't know him, don't know him. him. It wasn't Judas who denied Jesus, was it? It Yeah, he did. I swear something else. No, Judas definitely denied Jesus. I do not know you. Yeah. I don't know him, don't know him, don't know him. Bing bong. Oh, it's him. Yeah. Sorry, Dom. I, the, I know who you are. <laughs> we do know Dom from Give Me a Hole, yeah. So email again, classic at wow. cultaholic.com. Well, that's all wacky messages from this timeline to set the score, settle into the ugly world of 2001. Tom is now going to read from who? Who could possibly know about wrestling during this There's period? There's two this is so people many. that know so much about wrestling in this year. One being Brian Alvarez from Figure Four Wrestling, and the other being Dave. Shen Mew. <laughs> Dave Mew. <laughs> Shen Meltzer. <laughs> Shen, Shen Mew Mew. Dave Meltzer's uh, newsletter's half finished because he had to run home before nighttime, otherwise his mum would tell him off. <laughs> it's a bit from Shen Mew one. Thank you. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, the one thing that we don't need right now in 2001 is more wrestlers leaving. So let's make sure that That's doesn't right, snake happen. Bitten, like Randy Savage 91. Yeah. So thankfully we've got at least some people locked in for a few, for yeah, a few years. Some great names. Okay. So you know, we know we've got some great wrestlers. Jericho's there. Benoit's there. Eddie Guerrero's there. Oh, wait. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero is done with the WWF. Uh, Guerrero was sent home from Raw on Monday for being in no condition to perform. He subsequently agreed to undergo rehab. Now, it's believed that Eddie, who had suffered an injury after injury throughout his run in the WWF, ended up getting addicted to prescription pain pills. The one thing that you have to give the WWF credit for is helping out wrestlers who have substance abuse problems who are willing to get help. For example, Steve Regal, uh, who on many occasions yeah. credited WWF with saving his life. And it seems like right now we're about to start the same journey with Eddie Guerrero. So Eddie is gone. Um, and, and really sad as well, because we were doing some stuff with him and the Hardy Boys that, that felt like it had... A, an end game in mind. That's why I mentioned about Guerrero potentially winning King of the Ring. Mm. It felt like there was something on the horizon for that, but now we'll never know. Well, now we'll never know. Um, not the only person to head away this week. Uh, Brian... The, the, Eddie um, spoke very open about this in his book, mm-hmm. which I assumed was like ghostwritten because it may came at the very end of his life in WWE or right afterwards. I think it was in 04. I'm pretty sure it was after he won the title. No, it was was 05. Oh, was it? It came out, which is eerie. The fact that it came that late. Um, But yeah, it's written by him and he's very open about this, how like 
Benoit and the others there were trying to help them out and be like, okay, you, you can't wrestle. Like, mm. you, you're endangered yourself and all this and doing their absolute best to help them. So. Gosh. Well, we, we And he was just like, no, I say, because, you know, opiate addiction's a bitch. We won't talk about Eddie Guerrero outside of, like, references to what he sort of does on the indie scene. We won't talk about Eddie Guerrero on this podcast until probably... It's backlash 02, isn't it? When backlash back, 02. That period... And even then, he's on the Raw brand. Where that, oh, where yeah. The brands. Oh, so if you do SmackDown. He goes SmackDown he's in, in there like, by 03. Yeah, he's late 02. He's on SmackDown. Late 02 is him. That's where he gets. We oh, he's part of the yeah, SmackDown 6. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there we go. So he gets over there. So, we'll, so we won't talk about him for a while on the weekly on the podcast, but we'll keep tabs on him. So what was your best thing? Oh, why would we even bother? The China. Oh, guys, it's stuff with China, the best stuff that we talked about. Like, Who's also about to be gone. Yes, she so is. So weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so yeah, Eddie Guerrero and China, that whole story arc there with Eddie is just like the simp to China's dumb, yeah. brilliant stuff. Hey, really good. Mama Sita, you can't resist my Latino heat. And every week she's like, oh, Eddie, that's disgusting. And then one week she's like, I couldn't resist it. And he's yeah. like, I knew it is it. It's like, <laughs> like the biggest stereotype you've ever seen, but God, did it work. Oh, the, 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 the steel pipe in the flowers that became a weapon in No Mercy on the N64. And him just attaching his entire body to her leg and him, her walking with him attached. Oh, fantastic. I think so. the best stuff that China's ever done was with Eddie Guerrero. Hands down. Outside of that... Uh, Obviously, sort of silent bodyguard type with Triple H in 97. Yeah. Apart from that, which I think is the, the best I thing. stuff with Eddie was brilliant. But yeah, the stuff with Eddie probably the best. Really made her a star in doing that. Do the Playboy, no, no, no. Don't do the Playboy. But what's exciting for is, Eddie. whilst we don't know this, whilst we don't know this at the time, him storming the Playboy Mansion was yeah, yeah, yeah. getting dragged away from there. What we don't know at the time is there are so many great memories for Eddie Guerrero to come and then a heartbreaking yes. end yes. but uh, but so many great memories still to make which yeah. we'll talk about in years to come which I'm excited so that's about. one star out the way go on Tom Brian Lawler uh, now the situation, I thought we'd already had that um, no apparently he's still here he's not oh. he's not quite gone yet so so Brian Lawler is in bother. So Jerry Lawler told the WMC TV website that Grandmaster Saxey was arrested at the Canadian border Ah, that's right. He was arrested for being in possession of muscle-building supplements that were legal in the U.S. but illegal in Canada. Now, um, Jerry Lawler's website posted a statement from Brian in which he said that the drugs weren't his. He said they belonged to a friend, not a wrestler on the WWF roster, uh, who lived in Staten Island, who put them in Lawler's CD case on Sunday night. He said he'd been to Canada many times and wouldn't have been stupid enough to try and smuggle anything into the country. He said, contrary to reports, he didn't have any steroids, marijuana or meth on him. He said, he said there was a bit of meth residue, but it could barely be seen. Oh, that's all right then. Oh, God. So a bit of meth, but it's fine. Um, he confirmed that he was carrying Andro, which I believe is... The last a... boss in Star Fox. <laughs> it's, the last, it's the last boss of muscle building because it's like a testosterone uh, product uh, which converts which, which, which it, it converts substance in your body to testosterone. They're like weak steroids, basically. So he, had, so he was carrying those, but they said, look, just chuck them out. But there was obviously other drugs in the car. Uh, Lawler said he was exonerated in court the following day and would be allowed to travel into Canada in the future. He said he was fired, however, because Jim Ross asked him point blank, are the drugs yours? Brian Lawler, who said, look, even if my mate put them there, they're in my car. I'm not going to argue it. I'll just say yes. So Brian Lawler was fired because they said the drugs were his. Um, and yeah, because he said, well, look, I'm not going to argue the point. I kind of would have argued the point. <laughs> 
Like I kind of, yeah. I can't. I, so which makes it kind of makes me think that the whole story about them they being his friends might not be as true. Yeah. As when you get these long, complicated stories that involves drugs, you're just like, uh huh. Mm. Okay. Um, meanwhile, as one Lawler is going, one Lawler could come back. There was a meeting this week between Jerry Lawler and the WWF. It was organized uh, by Kevin Dunn setting up the meeting with oh, Lawler great. and Jim Ross. Uh, Ross has said to Vince that he really wants Lawler back on the team. Vince at the moment is still very anti-Lawler because of the whole business with him and the way he left following Stacey Carter's release. Lawler's still unhappy with the WWF because of the Stacey Carter release. So it's a little bit of an impasse, but there is some hope they might bring him back if not to be on Monday Night Raw, to be part of WCW when they relaunch that. Remember, they're still relaunching WCW. Oh at this yeah, point. yeah, it's it's yeah. And they say Lawler coming back for the first week of WCW TV under the WWF would be one of those big shock moments that people could tune in to see. Like, who's that? Oh, it's Jerry Lawler on commentary. Oh, of course, of former course. WCW great WCW Jerry Lawler, stalwart Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of WCW, uh, this week Booker T has officially signed off on his uh, AOL Time Warner uh, deal and has uh, agreed to a deal with the World Wrestling Federation. Kevin Nash attempted to stop him doing this. <laughs> Nash met with Booker yeah, T a- in a last-ditch effort to stop him from doing it. <laughs> uh, Nash, another key star of WCW, were, politic- were politicking politicking. We're telling him that WWF are on the downslide. If he were to go, he'd be associated with their failure. So Nash is trying to tell Booker, if you go now, it's going to look like it's your fault. Uh, he was trying Smartest to. Smartest con- man in the business, he Kevin really Nash. Is. He was trying to convince Booker to hang tight till Feb, and then they'll all go together when yeah. we go. Uh, but Booker's like, nah, man, I'm going to go now. Uh, and, uh, and, and he did. So signed off with, with the Warner deal. Yep. Welcome to the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, there's more consideration for possibly bringing Goldberg in early rather than having Goldberg wait. Now, the WWF policy seems to be that Goldberg's contract is ridiculously high, therefore not under consideration. At the same time, though, says Dave Meltzer, nearly everyone who is not in the WWF decision-making department that closely follows wrestling believes it is inevitable that they will attempt to hire Goldberg at some point, um, whether, which presumably means that they might break their own system and bring him in, because the reason that a lot of these guys haven't been brought in is they'd have to be brought in on less money because it upsets the wrestler pay grade mm. system. Where, you know, a lot of these guys are going to go, well, no, I'm on several million dollars a year to do nothing. Mm. Like, I'm coming in for more or I'm not coming in yeah. at all. So this is the impasse that you have. But a lot of people who aren't making the decisions think that Goldberg coming in is inevitable. It is, but it's not as soon as you think it is. Don't worry, they made up for lost time last few years. They certainly did. Uh, some good news for the WWF, though, because Monday Night Raw's rating was up after eight weeks of dips. Uh, 4.3, which is a nice number for them at this Jesus, point. Yeah. The main event was Chris Jericho versus Steve Austin. They had a banger, yep. and they did 5.0. However, despite the fact that it was a great match, well-received by the live fans, and did a, a decent rating that sort of put WWF back on the upswing. Vince does not want to headline King of the Ring with Chris Jericho versus Steve Austin. He doesn't believe that it's a match that will draw. So the changes are being made that will incorporate Chris Benoit as well. Uh, Vince says that if nobody, nobody will believe that Chris Jericho has a chance at beating Steve Austin. But if there's a triple threat situation, he feels that the jeopardy will encourage people to pay and join. 
So that's where we're heading with that one. Mm. Uh, Dave editorializes the following. When WCW was going downhill, uh, we often pointed out that a major problem was that nobody had any patience to give new ideas, concepts, or wrestlers a chance. If things didn't turn around immediately, they freaked out and tried something different. And pretty soon, they were trying something different nearly every single week. It's hard to get involved in a product where it's totally inconsistent. Stone Cold was not created in a day. Neither was The Rock or Hunter. For God's sake, it took five years to create Hunter. Vince only gave Chris Jericho about three weeks. So true. Wow, yeah. This is a big part of what we're saying is that they've got to allow time. They've got to have this year. It's almost like a year just to kind of ride out this storm and develop yeah. and build a foundation again. But yeah. Vince does not have the patience. Yeah, but I guess they're looking at that and going, okay, that's nice and everything. I'm sure Jericho's lovely to his dogs and cats. <laughs> uh, we don't have the time. No. Or the stars to help you out right now. You need to be over it now. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. A few more uh, little quick shots. Uh, Tatanka is heading to the UK for Brian Dixon's All-Star Wrestling. Oh, this is a promotion that does tribute no, WWF Tom, stars. Tom, you're reading, you're reading out 2001 <laughs> news. <laughs> Sorry. So I like the fact that Tatanka uh, easily in 2022 could be working with, with Brian Dixon. But weird to have Tatanka going into a promotion that's full of tribute WWF characters. So looking forward to Tatanka beating UK Rock in the weeks to come. No, All-Star won't... Well, maybe were they? No, All-Star won't do in the, those things. Well, Dave says at this point they were. It says, currently on tour for oh, that group no includes the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, played by uh, California Tijuana wrestler Joe Wait, Kimball. an All-Star? Bollocks. That's what he says. That. United Kingdom for Brian Dixon's All-Star Wrestling. Rip Morgan, who did the New Zealander gimmick in the 80s. With partners I'm like not Jonathan entirely Boyd. sure that's Do you think he's got accurate. that wrong? I'm, I, I wouldn't quote Citation Dave needed, Dave Meltzer. I might be wrong as well, but I don't, I don't think All-Star was doing those. Do you remember a video game company called Kellogg Creek Software? K- Kellogg Creek? <laughs> what an image that conjures. No, go on. <laughs> Kellogg very, Creek. Very crunchy lake. <laughs> Oh, that's what you want, a, a, a video game named after something that crunches. Kellogg, Kellogg Creek Software <laughs> is doing an online strategy pro wrestling game endorsed by Rowdy Roddy Piper with hopes of it being released before Christmas. <laughs> wow. Hey, Roddy, why are you endorsing the Kellogg Creek game? Money! <laughs> I need to make some money! I gotta get the money! All right, anyway. Okay. I can't do Roddy Piper. Quoting this verbatim from Figure 4 Wrestling. Viscera worked a show in oh, Viscera... the show's already great. Viscera worked a show in Council Bluffs uh, on May the twenty sixth. They just put <laughs> I don't know why this is funny. I thought he died when he swerved to avoid a cat and ran into a tree. <laughs> That's all it says about the card. It just <laughs> It was a great show. Viscera died. <laughs> Swerved to avoid and it was a nice tag match. And ran into a tree. And also, that's funny as well because because <laughs> I read that in my head, I started laughing because right, I thought he died when he swerved to avoid a cat and ran into a tree. At no point do they mention he was in a car. Bollocks, you in? I'm going to check these notes out. <laughs> oh, not even better. Quote, all right, quote. Visual worked a show in Council Bluffs, IA, May 26. Quote, I thought he died when he swerved to avoid a cap and ran into a tree. Question mark. 
Oh, it's left, it's left ambiguous. Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Fisher River in full tilt into a tree. The cat runs in. Oh, shit! Shit! <laughs> oh. Um, we had a dark match before Raw. Oh, gone. That featured the Minnesota stretching crew. Just a little bit of history oh, of this. Oh, I know who they are. Yeah. They beat Scotty Zapper and Magnus Maximus, a.k.a. Bam Neely. Bam Neely was doing jobs in oh, In 01. Jesse Ventura. He never got good. I know, right? How can you do jobs for six, six, but the thing is that we, seven it's years? It's around this time that we also had Sylvester Turkai. And he ended up being an ECW All the stars well. are here. Bam Neely. <laughs> Turkey head. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, who is good Jesse friends. Jesse Ventura. Oh, sorry. Good friends with Brock Lesnar, wanted to be there what? and meet him to watch his first match. And Jesse Ventura ended up accompanying Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin to the ring. Oh. So there's video somewhere of Jesse Ventura being the Paul Heyman to a young, young Brock Lesnar. Oh, God, the idea of Jesse Ventura in the Heyman role for any wrestler. Holy shit. Well, we could still go. It wasn't rambling. Uh, one final note before we get into the show. Um, did, were you ever a reader of Testosterone magazine? <laughs> Obviously, look at us. Obvs, mate. Uh, I kinda, it's like a muscle mag with bite, with attitude. No, but I, used to, I had a copy, but then the Canadian police found it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me that put it in your no, oh, well, sorry, sorry, it wasn't my copy There we go um, They did an article this month in their magazine Well that's in, good, that's in, what they usually do In which they did a Deadpool for bodybuilders <laughs> So a Deadpool ooh, ooh, is over under odds ooh, ooh, ooh. On people who you think will die in 12 months um, Let me read from the article Oh, I can't wait the last entrant in the 2001 Deadpool isn't a bodybuilder, but he's certainly more famous than all of the other Mr. Olympias except Arnold, a pro wrestler in the WWF. Triple P, don't know why they call him that, has a very powerful physique, ripped year round and 280 pounds and 6'5 with his lats. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. 
Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Olive and June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Chests and traps that most of us would kill for. What the heck is he? What the heck is he doing in here? When it comes to risk, Triple P is second to none, even including his bodybuilding cousins. Because he's on TV twice a week and is featured in an overly hyped pay-per-view match every month, there is absolutely no time for him to get off the juice and clean out. His red face and popping veins are a giveaway of high blood pressure, and in what was tantamount to pulling on the Grim Reaper's cape, the guy is jumping off top ropes and getting thrown out of the rings all the time, tangling with guys that weigh as much as 500 pounds. It is well known that many of the men in sports entertainment are also addicted to painkillers, which allow them to continue their brutal schedule despite nagging injuries that are never getting given the chance to heal. Since he appears in ads for Weeders fat burners, maybe it isn't uh, so yep. strange to see him wind up on this infamous list. Welcome to the pool. Let's hope it's not game over for you anytime soon. That is a testosterone magazine that died before Triple H did. So. Wow. That's a nice Sarky article, though. Bro. Very salty a article. article, we call them back in the day. A sartical, you say. Triple P might be a pun on some bodybuilding thing I don't know. But I, I thought Triple HGH was right there for the taking, but apparently not good enough for... No, apparently not. Apparently. I, I really am not good enough to write. That was quality snark, especially with the painkillers thing with the Eddie Guerrero storyline. And... Uh, Everything else they wrote there, they're clearly a Meltzer fan. Oh, he's overpushed. <laughs> even, in the, even in the Royd magazines. Even the Roydies. Royd magazine. Even the Roydy uh. lads think he's overpushed. And the fat burner thing. They're right, that they advertised for a week and then they were like, oh, yeah, you can't buy this and they couldn't read anymore. They went, no, this yeah. is too dangerous for people. Dodge caliber, innit? I can't believe that was still on the network. Very dodge, anyway. very dodge. So that's all the stuff for this wow, week. Wow, bloody hell, what And an now we can finally begin... The reason we're all here. <laughs> to talk That's classic right. Smackdown. Crap test jokes. <laughs> yes! Let's throw uh, over to Matthew Gregg to talk us through the rigors of this week's Smackdown in 2001. Hi, I'm Matthew. Here are the rigors. Uh, no cold open, just witty wee, witty woo. We're in the University of South Dakota. The tag titles will be defended tonight against the tag team of Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. Ooh, uh. mm. We start with a King Ring qualifier as King Kurt 2000 comes out to a big pop. That's a mixture of cheer and boo as he takes on Hardcore Holly in his aero mint green shorts and mid-sized pop. <laughs> this is occurring because Angle teamed up with the Hollies to beat the Duds on Raw. Following the match, Angle tried giving Holly a big old hug, but Hardcore got scared of another arm injury and pushed him away. <laughs> And the, the timing of this match is good. And they mentioned this a lot on commentary that it's a year since Holly, yep. Holly's whole arm took Kurt Angle's moonsault and it broke yep. under the pressure. Uh, I like these two because they have instant animosity because of that. And mm. you can always book them together like Sami Zayn and Nakamura on any 2022 wrestling show. Hardcore dominates to start with Angle going backwards over the ropes despite taking a clothesline because he can't go over backwards. <laughs> of all the great things he can do. Yeah. That's the one thing he can't. I always find quite A amazing. cow can't go downstairs and Kurt Angle can't take the clothesline backwards. 
anglers wrestling Shane O'Mac and participating in King of the Ring at the next pay-per-view because everyone's feeling ill right now. So Kurt may as well work three times. <laughs> Why not? Angle gets booed more and more as the match goes on as he pays too much attention to it to notice Holly getting his knees up to stop the return of the one-armed monster. He won't be able to flush all the toilets in that big hotel with just one arm. <laughs> Angle kicks out of the greatest dropkick in the business. Who is Okada? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Holly lands a rare top rope leg drop for two before Angle blocks the Alabama slammer. Did he call that the Alabama jam or have I made that up? Uh, someone else's Alabama jam. Holly wouldn't do a top rope leg drop very often. Fair enough. Who does the Alabama jam? That's annoying. Though. I know it's the Alabama slam. Yeah, but, but I wonder whether that was the Alabama jam. Uh, we'll come back to you. Maybe someone can let us know on that fantastic mailbag section we Do have. Do so. To Antarctica Holly off the ropes with a snake eyes into an angle slam for the almost flukish victory with Cole cutting this. <laughs> A huge win for former WF world champion Kurt Angle. They do sell it like yeah. he fought from underneath. Really, uh, hardcore losers, but don't worry. The mixture of tough enough for the invasion will mean there'll be plenty of kids for him to attack without remorse to cheer himself miserable. <laughs> I love hardcore. Any thoughts here? Really tough engaging match between these two. Yeah. I thought they had a. I thought they had good, as you say, they had great chemistry, and they played off the broken arm thing nicely. Even yeah. going for the moonsault again, yeah. I thought was really nice. Yeah, Holly and Angle just they're, they're magic together. Yeah. What a great King of the Ring qualifier. They should have had a match every year on this time. Yeah, like like an anniversary gift. It's a bit. It's yeah. a bit like about. Is it Kinron where they reenact wars in in Northumberland? What? Kinron. It's where they do war reenactments in. Oh, oh, the location, my right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so basically we have we have Kinron, but it's um, just somebody reenacting Kurt Angle versus Holly yeah. in June of every year. Is it in? Is it Wolverine who is his wife that he had to be married to um, got killed by someone? I forget who it was who did it. And so every year, I think this used to be an old plot line, which was in the comics still. Every year, Wolverine would like find him and just take off another bit of his body. <laughs> every year I'm going to come get you maybe it's going to be your foot maybe it's going to be your ear but I'm going to take a bit off a every, bit every single time. year Aww. around this time I'm going to come find you brilliant every year Angle's like you know what I'm going to break your arm again <laughs> just keep I've got that bloodlust god damn it Holly's like no yeah. um, backstage Kane ties his boots while Undertaker punches locker rooms how clever Kane's learned how to do his shoelaces <laughs> good, good. Uh, Undertaker's busy punching lockers because he saw some of the newcomers playing gin and rummy as opposed to Snoopy Tennis <laughs> As opposed to getting their knives out. Yeah. Undertaker says he's going to kill someone, and Kane shakes his head and says, that don't sound good. Before <laughs> before going back to his shoes, bored Kane! <laughs> this, right, Undertaker's storyline tonight, we'll talk on it as we go through. Yeah. But basically, Vince McMahon told The Undertaker that, hey, um, I think that uh, Shane McMahon has something to do with your wife being stalked. An undertaker who has been at odds with Vince McMahon for months, because Vince McMahon is an untrustworthy POS at this point. Mm. Undertaker believes wholesale and doesn't question for a moment. No, Tom. <laughs> I can't believe that Shane's behind it. <laughs> undertaker's just mad with fury that someone's stalking his wife, so he's believing everybody. Even the person who's allegedly doing the voice. I would you know what? At this point, if I'm watching this fresh, I think Kane was involved. Because Kane is incredibly chill about somebody stalking his sister-in-law. Like, incredibly chill. Wait, wait, Kane's like, Shane or Max behind this. 
<laughs> I'd definitely investigate that if I were you. It's probably him. What's that? What's that mask you've got there? Oh, it's nothing. It was a gift from Linda. Looks like the one that the stalker was wearing. <laughs> does does it? I don't know. Oh, is that Shane over yeah. there? Are there any distinguishing features of the stalker? Yes, he has this really ridiculous gruff voice. Oh, who could it be? <laughs> who could it be? <laughs> First shot, it's like, well, it's me, Kane, <laughs> filming the Tucker's wife. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, yeah, he's just like lining up the camera. He's just like, oh, I can be phone ringing. Hello, Kane speaking. <laughs> Four four two four four two nine one four 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 four. I thought I did a landline number. You did four two nine one. Kane, Kane is every every phone is mobile if you're big enough. If you're brave enough, Kane's got a lanyard, a landline in his in his car. It's so I don't get lost. He's nowhere. Kane lives because you just followed the cord. I'm like Hercules dealing with the Manator. I've spent <laughs> I've spent eight hundred thousand pounds on cable extenders. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone to Minneapolis that time. All the time this has been recorded and things watching going, damn it. And if only there was a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's Shane. <laughs> anyway, Undertaker waits in the parking lot. Uh, for Shane O'Mac to arrive, because Vince claims shit, yeah, whatever you said, basically, so skip ahead. Hey, here's Hill Austin to say hello to all the empty seats in the crowd. Why would they show that on TV, idiot? <laughs> the first words out of his mouth are, ah, shut up. <laughs> so apparently he's the cat that hits a foghorn leghorn. Well, this, I don't think these are the first words he says. So, like, the Observer says that Steve Austin talks about being beyond a legend and selling more merch, pay-per-view tickets, and event tickets than anybody else. All of that seemed to get cut. Yeah, oh. Because it starts starts off with Austin, as you say, going, oh, shut up, and then going, anyway, that's enough about me. (laughs) And then it rolls into the rest of the promo. Oh, okay. Extended cut there. Yeah, so I thought, I wonder why that's been cut. Probably just for time. Yeah, I reckon it's for time. Uh, Austin comes out looking for a fight, and he's... Yeah, he is going to put the tag titles around his waist again. Again. Oh, yeah, Triple H. Austin beat Benoit with his own crossface, squealing like a baby. Then he beat him again in his hometown. Jericho wants to be champion. Uh-uh. Beat him, too, in the middle of the ring, don't you know? The champ of champs is going to win the tag titles, and that's all I've got to say about that. There wasn't much here. It is reassuring to hear Austin is getting proper booze, and yes, he is sounding more and more like Foghorn Leghorn, which is a good mm-hmm. career move. Yeah, so they may, I don't know whether we mentioned it at the start. You might have said it at the very beginning because the main event for tonight it was announced ahead of time. Yeah, it was Benoit and Angle versus uh, Benoit and Aust- Benoit and Jericho Got down again. versus Austin and Vince. You know, I probably will be that by the time we get through the interview. He could very well be, you know. Uh, backstage, Spike and Molly act. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it. Spike in high bit rate, which means the nice quality of the network, as opposed to watching this on my mum's TV back in the day, looks so damn rough. Like, he looks older in this than he does now. I don't remember him looking that bad and haggard. Do you think that's why Molly liked him? Because she was watching him, she was seeing him on a lower bit rate. You remind me of my dad. Like, what? Oh, Christ. <laughs> he had no legs. Oh, that's why the height, right? Okay. <laughs> Spike and Molly go to kiss, but... Hey, it's 2001. Perry Sutton and his wacky concussion get in the way and tell us that monkeys learn sign language 
so they can tell the writing team this is a bad idea and they shouldn't write it. Oh, <laughs> good advice, Perry. Have you any thoughts whatsoever, Tom? Or um, are you like Perry and you don't have any? Uh, no, I, I love a good hilarious story about CTE, which they're going to tell in great detail in the weeks to come. He's concussed. Uh, Spike and Molly, just a thought. Why not go into a private room? I'm sure they'll. I'm sure in the next. I'm sure in the next segment they'll have found a private room rather than another public thoroughfare where they can attempt to kiss. Well, or, Molly. or well, once Molly, Perry the... <laughs> leaves, maybe just try and kiss there again. Yeah. Thought... Love solution. Hey, Spike, tell Perry to fuck off. <laughs> hey, this busy corridor seems a perfect place to have a nice, quiet moment. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no, bad. At least when we kiss, we go into the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. I'm not seeing other podcasts. I giant bomb. <laughs> uh, next segment. Better not be fucking other men. Vinnie Mac. I'll put, quote, with disgusting old man muscles, is talking on the phone. God, does he look crappy without the... <laughs> it's the curse of high definition again, isn't it? Without the footballer wives tan, he just looks like a creepy old man with the... Disgu- the, the, the that didn't make me go, wow, that guy's in shape. That made me go, please put on a shirt. Like Ric Flair. <laughs> Who do you think he's talking to? I like to think he's talking to somebody at like a DIY shop where he's ordering some, some wood. But he's got going, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to beat Benoit and Jericho tonight. Yeah, it's all taken care of. Sorry, sir. So just to go through your order again. Uh, it's one cabinet. <laughs> yeah, we're going to win the titles. Can I, can I have some ratings? Uh, but then Regal and Tajiri show up to interrupt him. Tajiri goes get some popcorn as he's putting Vince off. Tajiri says in Japanese, well, that makes two of us. <laughs> the limo with WCW won, quote, no, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> on it has been driving around the arena for a few hours, but Regal will deal with it. Vince says no. Let Undertaker deal with him. And he smiles because he knows his son will soon be dead. <laughs> <laughs> That was said in such a dark way. Sorry, Undertaker's going to kill my son. I'm happy with this. That's a coincidence, Vince. I mean, he's he's an Undertaker. Yeah, I'm getting a lot done here. (laughs) Jobs are good. I'll put cheese. See, that's why he was ringside for Ric Flair's last match. (laughs) Somebody said, Undertaker's ringside. They went, no, no shit. (laughs) He did a little well, did he? No, he didn't. He did not look well. I'm sure you talked about it at length on the podcast. Oh, we which will. Which you can hear now. Yes. Jeez, driving a limo for several hours in 2022 would need a few of those Wall Street Journal payouts to afford. <laughs> I put, sorry, Vince. I don't know why. Why not just park? I guess because they're driving around in a circle and every time they come around to the front, he'd put his head out the window going, ah, <laughs> Dickhead! WF wankers! <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Lita's fucking abs show up looking good after Jeff meet Matt who events in the King of the Ring tournament. Lita's just showing support honest. Anyway, Jerry Lynn is here. The light heavyweight champion with no momentum whatsoever. Despite the fact that Michael Cole calls him the best champion of the light heavyweight division we've ever had. They desperately try to put over Jerry Lynn as like one of the top guys in the company whilst Jerry Lynn does like a jogger run to the ring. So He's got the oh, there's a there's a queue outside the bus, but I'm doing a little gentle jog, so I'm not putting anyone up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. He's doing the jog that you do when you see the bus pull off, 
you didn't make it, but you pretend you're just going for a jog. Yeah, I have done that. <laughs> yeah, we all have. I did that in town the other day because it went, and I went, I was, I was going full pelt. And it went off on a bastard. It was Friday, so the old guy it was just dickheads. And we're going, hey, mate, you've missed your bus. And I was trying to do the, yeah, didn't want it anyway. Yeah, thumbs up. Like, uh, what am I supposed to say to that? You go, yeah, I bet you miss your mother. Yeah, he's like, yeah, good times. Yeah, and I'm like, it's that half being a dick, but half just in a good mood. And you mm. see a guy missing the bus, you want to say something. I'm like, I have no idea what I can say <laughs> to this, but I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I tell you, so I went Benwell the other day. Um, waiting, I was waiting the traffic lights to cross, and so there was a car pulled up here, and they rolled down the window, and they went, "Hey, mate, you all right?" And I went, "Yeah, I am, mate. You I just put water across, and they didn't say anything." And I'm still pondering, like, <laughs> that was a heckle. Hey, mate, <laughs> why the window down? You all right? Hey, you all right, mate? Yeah, I am. You a drive-by check? Nothing. And they stared at us with big grins. I'm like. I hope they were having a good time, whoever they were. I wonder whether they knew you were and went... Oh, oh God, if it was... What was a podcast listener? <laughs> it's that guy, I can't remember his fucking name. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Toast sucks. <laughs> I say, fuck off, Tom. Look, oh, who are you? Anyway, Jerry Lund. Jerry Lund. Jerry Lund. Fucking hell. Jerry Lund. Jerry Lund. I think Jerry Lund goes oh, no. in the, <laughs> goes in the social we, club we. that my dad gets into. I think he used to be a bricklayer. He got laid off. Uh, they said because there was no work, but we think it's because he was just a shit to everybody. Aww. I think that's Jerry Lunn. Jerry Lunn will go in, he'll have a pint of mild immediately. He will then say... Well, on the, shift? No, 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 no. Oh. When he comes in the, he'll come in the, in the social club, he'll have a pint of mild immediately, and they'll go, how you doing? And he'll always say, you know, all, all being considered all right. Ugh. You know, it's one of the, oh, being said, I'm all right. He'll try and engage you in, in conversation on either your favorite football team or his favorite football team. And it'll always be just depressing. Like his team could have won 5 0, but he will just be like, oh, they, you know, they, we need better strikers. We need better up front. You know, and you'll be begging for your phone to ring or for an excuse just to disappear. <laughs> if there's three of you having a drink with Jerry Lunn and then two of them just disappear and you're on your own one on one with him, oh, it's tense. Oh, it's tense because it's just like you want everyone has to come back or you want to just the ground strike because Jerry Lund, like I'm sure he means well, but God, he's just, he's a bit of a mood hoover. It's Jerry Lund. A mood hoover. He's a mood hoover is Jerry Lund. He really is. He really is. He's, 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 he's divorced, but he still sees the wife on the odd occasion. Not because the kids, they just, they tend to go in the same other pub, him and Jerry Lund and his wife. So they'll chat and they'll inevitably get on for a bit and then fall out. Um, but they'll still see each other on the odd occasion. That's Jerry Lund. Wait, I'm getting messages from uh, next week's podcast. Well, whoa, loads of messages about Jerry Lunn. <laughs> Please sure. have more stories about Jerry Lunn. Happy to all share right, more right, stories Jesus. on Jerry Lunn. <laughs> Less wrestling, more Jerry Lunn. All right, fucking hell. I can't even scroll quick enough, Tom. It's a lot of Jerry Lunn love. Wow. Not in the club, though, because we hate him. Unrelated, though, Jerry Lynn is running like a wild man and manages... To his, the ring. Manages... Come back. Me boss, me boss. He's jogging and, like a wild man. And manages his RVD killer apron leg drop, but crowd couldn't care less about him, and it's easy to see why. Jeff rocks Jerry with his spinning leg drop and whisper in the wind. Jeff follows a sweet sunset flip powerbomb out the corner for two. Wow, take him back to ECW. Nice. Jerry attempts his tornado DDT, a.k.a. the one he did to RVD at Living Dangerous 99, but Jeff... Pushes him off and lands a swanton bomb to win the light heavyweight title. What? Jim Ross sends his regards, Jerry. 
Jeez. European champion Matt celebrates with Jeff and liters like I don't want a belt because it would cover my cheese grating abs. <laughs> Strong match the crowd could not be buggered for. Yeah. And I feel sad that that's kind of the end of the most prominent thing that Jerry Lynn will ever do in the WWF. Oh, yeah. It, th- there wasn't a lot going on. It was one of those, like, who the fuck hired Raven situations, I think. It's like, mm. all right, you know, that one promo, which may or may not have got him into trouble with uh, Jim Ross. And then it was like, yep, cheers. I feel like Matt Hardy should have come out with the European title as well. I feel like we missed a trick to have that nice picture in the ring of Matt, of Jeff with the light heavyweight and Matt with the European title. I also think it's maybe been a bit rushed as well. It's like, oh, wait, Team Extreme thing's done because Eddie's gone. All right, well, we're already building that up for a few months. So, hey, let's have Jerry, sorry, Jeff win a title. Yeah, they have Matt on. and Jeff fight on Raw, which never, which never ends well. And then they have them both win belts. Mm. That's pretty much kind of yep. what they do. Yay, Eddie's Yay. gone. Yay. Anyway, Sarah Neck Tattoo get stalked in a parking lot. The, <laughs> who could it there be? She is. Sarah turns around and goes, oh, hi, Kane. Hi, <laughs> oh, Sarah. Oh, hi, Sarah. You're going to the shops. <laughs> what are you doing, Kane? Hi, you all right? She stares at her like it's math crossing the road. <laughs> uh, I, I hoped in this Voyeuristic Kane. <laughs> I'm watching you. He's got a copy of, like, He's, he's got a copy of like Burns Victim Weekly, and he's cut out the, the he's on the front cover, but he's cut out his face on the front cover, and he's just staring through it, and nobody nobody suspects a thing. It's an overdone toast with eyes. <laughs> well, all I've put is these segments stunk then. They stink now and they'll stink forever. I think we missed a trick with doing like Sarah, like, you know, going about her business, like walking out of the, presumably the gym or I don't know, shop and then getting in her car. I'd have had to like scratch her ass or something. I'd have had to do something that you'd only do when no one's watching you. Like just like really reach down and like really have a good old scratch. She's drinking some like old man pint and just burps loud. Yeah, she's, just, she's just king of the hill. <laughs> Takes a bra off, uh, just her breasts. What a day I've had. Picks her nose and just oh. pops it in. I'd like to have seen more of that from Sarah, but no. Drinking milk right out the carton. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker waits for Shane in the parking lot because he doesn't have... Oh, I'll start this again. Undertaker waits for Shane in the parking lot because he doesn't have anything of a set of wheels to chase a car around. <laughs> you can jump on the back of Viscera. The limo shows... <laughs> oh, Oh, cat! Well, yeah, I've got the back of him. He's a death trap. <laughs> Can't get the insurance. The limo shows up, but Shane's not in it. So Undertaker yells at whoever is in the limo, and it leaves. I thought that, that was, was be a... it. He's a badass. I've typed. Uh, yeah, that was a weird bit. Like I thought they were going to sort of reference who was in it, and they never did. Yeah, I think we assume it was the driver, but we're like, we're not posh people we think well who's driving it it's like well the limo driver like, yeah but who's he yeah, yeah. that could be my gossip oh you're not Shane you better tell Shane to be up mind his P's and Q's and the limo driver pulls away going why did you just check in the back <laughs> why did you just open the, the driver's bit yeah not a very well communicated bit thicko uh, Spike and Molly try to kiss but Tajiri bumps into them and drops his popcorn and he yells at Spike and tries putting it back in while crying. There's the popcorn for Vince. Taz translates this year's Japanese. Hey, do you know what he said, Cole? What? He said, I dropped my popcorn. 
Why don't Spike and Molly find a private room rather than a busy thoroughfare? Just a thought. Or try and kiss again once the jury's gone. Yeah, like the room for the queues. Queue here for Jerry Lynn autographs. <laughs> Nobody's going to see I hate you there. saying that because I love Jerry Lynn so much. But we, oh, this just. Yeah, we get it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Austin yells at Deborah backstage, followed by Foley walking backstage with his book. Wow, what a duo of nothing segments. <laughs> they really were. But his cool kid, yes. the fighting icy champion to take on X-Pac, Without cool theme. Bless Kane, who injured his arm about two months ago. And they, they acknowledge the fact that all oh, the taping on his arm is getting smaller because he's nearly healed. Like, he's completely rehabbed his injury without missing a week of work. Right. And carrying the freaking company. Yeah. Bless you, Kane. Yeah, because Cool Kane's like, hey, you're going to do all the work and I'm going to beat you. And I'm going to have my arm heal. Okay, Cool Kane. Just thanks, thanks, like, for, thanks for being here, Kane. Uh, like Angle versus Holly, this is something they can have at any time for instant heat. In brackets, sorry about that, Kane. Uh, X-Pac gets bodied, of course, but Just Incredible grabs Kane's cool leg to distract. <laughs> Kane catches X-Pac on a dive, but Albert's oversized freak boot sends Kane down. X-Factor and Broker Buster connects, and oh, wow, he might win this. Oh, no, turns out X-Pac's hot crotch reminded Kane of the fire that killed his family. So Kane hits him with a clothesline off the top before Big Boot and Just Incredible and Albert and slamming X-Pac to the outside onto Big Albert's Donkey Kong mode head. Kane doesn't appreciate that, so Kane lands a crossbody off the top to the outside. Cool Kane is the best Kane. He is so cool. X-Pac is put away with a full forward powerbomb he stole from his cool brother, Cool test. <laughs> then X-Factor gang up on Kane with Fridge Head landing the Baldo bomb to end it. This will set up a certain match happening soon. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know why I did that voice. God, what have you got? Uh, I, I thought this was really good. Like Kane and X-Pac always have this wonderful chemistry together. Yeah. But uh, the real, as I say, the, the harbinger of doom for Kane's intercontinental title reign is indeed Big Baldy. Yeah. Eagle, yeah. Egg, eagle Egg Head Albert. Who's on the outside. That's him. He looks like a world beater until Albert batters him. Yep. Backstage, Foley confronts Jericho. He apologizes for missing the chair shot and hitting Jericho instead of Austin on Raw. He gives him a copy of his new book as a way of saying sorry. Jericho's like, a wrestler writing a series of books. That's mental. <laughs> Not me, that's for sure. I wonder where my wife is. Regal... <laughs> The greatest commissioner ever moans about Foley attempting to hit Stone Cold the chair shot before Regal, quote, bravely stepped in. <laughs> we get a replay showing bloody William Regal stopping Foley from calling Austin's submission uh, and therefore giving 
would have been given Jericho the title. You're not the commish, I am. Jericho then locks in the walls on Regal and Foley shoves his sock into his face. This is bloody barbaric. You think you're so... That was all that happened on Raw, sorry. You think you're so good because you're a writer? Bill Shakespeare would be rolling in his grave if he knew you were a writer. Foley appears and Cole points out Shakespeare was never on the New York Times bestseller list. What shade? <laughs> what shade? Yeah, take that, William Shakespeare. Fuck you, William says, Shakespeare. Says Michael Cole. Never on the New York Times bestseller list. It's funny because Regal, even before that, had said, like, you think you're so special because you're a writer. Shakespeare would turn in his grave if he knew you were number one on the New York Times bestseller list. I think William, Re- I think William Shakespeare would have gone, what's the New York Times bestseller list? No, no, no. no. Even Frosted Tips is dunking on Shakespeare. <laughs> Who would he ever be? Foley quotes Caesar and says... Is that a horse's ass I see before me? Nice. I don't remember that being in the play. <laughs> then Foley says something I'm surprised made it in. Yeah, things were different when I was commissioner. The WWF was actually entertaining to watch. Oof. Oh. The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you, Willie. <laughs> Why would they say that? Why would they point out the difference? Uh, Rory McGrath Foley says, <laughs> he's going to be smirched regal with Socko. And Regal tells security to go get him. Foley says, have a nice day, and buggers off. Just a bit of silliness to hype some night heat, which Foley will be on there to win, chill his book. And then seconds later, Foley insults Test and offers books to the police. Uh, This is then followed by Cool Test saying hello to Uncool Shane. The female pop for Test was bigger than the difference in talent between these two wrestlers. Test tells Shane McMahon that WCW is going great. If there was ever a kiss of death, it's Test going, yeah. hey, Shane, your company's brilliant. Test warns Shane, you should have listened, idiot. I've typed up. And Cole hypes up Foley some more, and Taz is like, whatever, lol. Taz is getting better by the week. He's so good. Any other, uh, there's a lot of little bits in there. I thought it would come to the end of one. Any other thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I tried to find out who the security guards were. You did. I saw that tweet. No I didn't look. know who the hell they were. No, look. If you know uh, who they are, if you watch the episode, classic at cultaholic.com. Thank you. Um, otherwise, uh, I really enjoyed Regal on the mic here. My, Regal's brilliant. Regal's brilliant on the mic anyway, but I think he mm. was class here. And I quite enjoy the idea of a Regal Foley little promo war yep. in the weeks to come, maybe. That, that was always rumoured nice. and teased. It never happened. Mm. Well, well, whatever. Then we see a couple in the crowd who got married before SmackDown started, and they're here in their wedding gear together. Oh, oh God. And then we meet... <laughs> we immediately cut He's to- in a WWF-themed uh, vest as oh, well. God. Uh, at the wedding day. Anyway, uh, here's the Dudley boys. That's the segue. Yeah. They got married. Whoa! Coming down. <laughs> Smackdown is brought to you by Stacker 2, JVC Tube Circle Gear, and oh my God, the first Fast and Furious film. Wow. These films used to be so unimportant. They'll be third place in the advertising thing on Smackdown. They'll never catch on. Ah, no wrestlers will be appearing on those either. Absolutely not. Speaking of third place in life, it's the Radicals, a.k.a. Dean, Terry, Perry and CTE. <laughs> on Raw, Perry showed up wearing a bra and panties match with his own gear, and for some reason, his lower half is censored, which makes it look way worse than it probably was. It made it like Perry had his, his, his that, family. I, I, thought he had, I thought he had his dick out. Yeah. <laughs> for Harambe. 
Carl, Carl, Michael, Carl. I forgot about takes out for <laughs> I have never forgotten. I think My, that meme is somehow older than this episode of SmackDown. Michael Cole said, Perry looked like a Victoria's Secret catalogue model. I was like, Cole, mate, are you all right tonight? <laughs> because you've, you've dunked on Shakespeare for not being a New York Times bestseller. And now you're saying, hey, Perry Sauer looks like a looks like a Victoria's Secret model. Which wow. who really has CTE here? I think it's Michael Cole. I think Michael Cole meant to think that, not say it. But then he kind of corrected himself, and I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, because that was it. You know, when someone tries to reverse out of a cul-de-sac and they end up hitting another car. Like, oh, I'm you know, not Victoria's Secret, Victor's Secret, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you think there's a pun in his head and he just said the real thing. Wow, Perry looked fucking hot. <laughs> well, hot for a man in a catalogue I've made up in my head. I love it when I'm looking for the Victoria models and there's a guy with his dick on balls out and there's third <laughs> Yeah, cool. <laughs> call, that, call that a free gift. On Raw, that's uh, already said that. Taz probably loved Perry reduced to a joke. They used to be friends before Taz accused Perry of doing Taz light using WCW. And by that, I mean throwing suplexes and people thinking he's black. Uh, <laughs> Perry starts until Dino tags in for his penultimate televised match. Bloody hell. Perry gets distracted at ringside and admires the Dudley's glasses. Was up? Crot shot. Connects. But then Perry puts on the glasses and does the was up to Dino as well because he's got a bad head. Perry tells them to get the muffins and then the Dudley's deliver 3D to kill this poorly aged bit. No one popped for this. I'll be giving this fair fucks if the crowd was like, yay, oh, wacky Perry. They were like, what's happening? Yeah. It was, uh, it's a tag Nuanced story that what was told to by Perry? non-nuanced people. Yeah, it, we, we, we get the idea of someone getting hit in the head and then they get a big lump popping out and like little Perry's flying around going, woo, 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 woo. But here Thunderdome like, era WWE would have done that wonderfully. Yeah. Uh, can't I explain they hate love no, so what's happened? No, you've 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 read over a sentence here. It didn't just go into Kai and I saying they hate love. It's another spike of Molly bit. That would have been cut from Perry going get the muffins. You're welcome to. We hate love. <laughs> hard cut lugs. Yeah, a very, very hard cut there. Spike and Molly try to kiss again, but oh. this time they are interrupted by Kai and Ty who say, we hate love. So Spike and Molly go, let's go somewhere else. To which Taka goes, no, stay here. We want to watch you kiss. <laughs> Funaki's freaked out. Spike and Molly leave anyway. Why don't you go in a private room? Because then we wouldn't get great segments like this. Or not stand in a thoroughfare. Or uh, wait until Kai and I have gone and then kiss. Kai and I just start reviews of people who are in love. We hate love. <laughs> Brother love. Yeah, they, they attack Bruce Pritchard back then for no reason. <laughs> and all shit tennis players. Mick Foley gets beaten up. He's like, you are dude love. We hate him because <laughs> we're evil. We are now playing tennis because to a tennis player, we heard that love means nothing. <laughs> oh, God. Love does not conquer all. Evil conquers all. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Undertaker sneak attacks Shane, who takes a bump into an air conditioning unit, and I've put in brackets, not Albert's head. <laughs> but Cade says, hey, stop. Shane's telling the truth. So Undertaker punches the unit instead. Shane didn't say anything. Yes! He, he just went, ah, thud. 
What was he? Yeah, what was the thing? Did we miss a bit here? No. He's so winded from taking the bump. Kane had to go, no, I heard him, he said. <laughs> so Shane is walking. Undertaker just grabs him, doesn't get a chance to say anything. And Shane's just getting battered. Kane then turns up as you, and then, but then we learn, we learn a superpower of Kane's here. What's that, Tom? Because Kane says, I can smell the stench of deceit here. So Kane can smell deceit. Where was that superpower when X-Pac was dicking about with you? And when you were nobbing on with Tory? You could have done with it then. That was it. Maybe he means after he developed it there. Ah, maybe that's where he learned He it. smells like Tory. I smell deceit. That means he's either lying to you or he is a hoe. Yeah, he's either lying to you or he's shagged X-Pac. <laughs> <laughs> X-Pac walks past with a towel on. Um, and Shane's like, well, come on, it looks like a Victoria's Victoria Secrets model. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out that Shane didn't say anything, because that's what I put. Shane didn't say anything until after Kane went, he's telling the truth. So it went, who's telling the truth? To which Shane went, I don't know anything. <laughs> Shane! He went, wait, listen. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> He's telling the truth. <laughs> what did he say then? He said, <laughs> "That was uh, I like. I love a good Undertaker Kane shit segment." Yeah. And then Undertaker's like, "Oh, can't believe I got. Can't believe that the man who has been a shit to me for years lied to me tonight." Who'd have thunk it? Furious. Oh well, Undertaker still looks like a badass though. Being up Shane in that air conditioning unit, fuck the libs. <laughs> Anyway, here's Greyhound, Woof Woof Moo Moo of the Week. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is the new light heavyweight champion. We just saw this. <laughs> it's so quick. So much for Greyhounds being fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's looping round like the limo. Oh, that's probably how long it takes for a Greyhound to get one <laughs> fucking destination, though, if it's like the Megabus. Hey, remember when this happened? Shut up, Greyhound. <laughs> Edge and Christian watch unhappily because uh, they missed the greyhound <laughs> about not having Edge goes woof woof move move <laughs> uh, Christian slogan. points out correctly that all Edge does is say two words in succession <laughs> that's not a catchphrase <laughs> achieving it yeah, they're very unhappy because they realise they don't have any singles titles whereas the Hardy mm. boys have two but they'll be looking forward to winning titles like the King of the Ring. Hey, maybe they'll see each other in the finals. Yeah, <laughs> that'd have been a better idea, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, they agree, though, to pursue their dreams and leave together yet alone. I put in brackets deep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because we're at that point now. They've done everything they can as a tag team, and uh, we need new stars. So uh, on your bikes, lads. Yeah, get can. Or, or your greyhound. Uh, Regal and Vince talk, and nothing is said. But pre-tan Vince is not nice on the eyes. No. Dog food looking numpty. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the show where Math is just reading his script. I'm trying not to laugh. Like, I'm like to somebody else wrote it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, a very talented person wrote this. I wish I was there when I wrote it. <laughs> not like uncooked hot dog cool test <laughs> who takes on edge right now. Winner gets a key of the ring spot. Uncooked hot dog cool test. In a, in a cruel vid to undermine Cool Test, we get reminded that Foley will be on tonight with Jay Leno tomorrow, aka the guy who couldn't stop making fun of Test, occurring at the same time as his career resurgence. We at least waited until he was dead and pretended he was playing Earthworm Jim 3D all night, 
and too busy <laughs> too busy to train for this match with Edge Foley. We at least had the oh, dignity eh? to wait until the man was dead before we take the piss out of him. Look at you dogging him like Paul Romer in 95. Oh, eh? <laughs> These two Funkin' Dojo graduates had numerous great matches in chemistry. Let's see if this is even better than their sweet Christian test match earlier this year. Test batters Edge like he's Perry's head. As Cole hints at an ENC final. Very Russo-ish to tease something people we all wanted and then do something completely different. Yeah, but, it is rather, isn't it? Uh, whatever. Cole says Tess believed he's arrived in the WWF. He's been here two years, you muppet. <laughs> then again, the internet wasn't very good, no one. <laughs> Tess chases Edge around the ring like an idiot, and he runs right into Christian's clothesline. Edge works over Tess's leg, which is the size of Christian's entire body. Between Test, Edge, Christian, Jericho, you can see how there may have been an issue with all these long-haired blonde Canadians running around with energy, energy drink long tights. If Jerry Lynn was a foot taller, we'd be really fucked. <laughs> as soon as those bastards get in the corner and the long hair, booze, 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 you go, all right, which one's this? Um, Edge powers up like the Tanuki suit and Uncle Slams... That's a bit forced. And presses down on B to turn into a statue. There you go. And Uncle slams Edge, but Tess stares at Christian's enormous hat and takes a spear from Edge in the process. Um, Edge continues to work over Tess's leg like it's in a relationship with Matt Hardy. <laughs> Tess kicks out and lands the pump handle slam, but Christian moves Edge's foot onto the ropes, taking a giant boot from Tess the process. But Tess sells the leg after hitting the move because Edge has been working on it the entire match, so Edge was able to DDT him for the victory. Yes, Yes, I've put here. A combination of yes and test. Yes. <laughs> test. Selling that leg like it's lugs wrapped in coke. <laughs> this is a very decent big dude versus little dude match. What say you, Tom? I liked it. I liked the whole thing about the story being Edge having to avoid the devastating big boot yeah. over and over again. So he works over the leg for most of the match. Um I, I liked it. And and as you say, they're teasing us so much on the idea of an Edge Christian final. Yeah. We don't get it. What are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, Tag team champion Benoit with his little belt and little little arms is here to a big pop. Yeah. Fellow Canadian Jericho who will sue me if I say bad things about Benoit. (laughs) (laughs) They're here to take on Austin McMahon, but uh uh-oh, SpaghettiO, what's this? It's British o'clock. Regal shows up to let us know that the non-title match against the APA is taking place... Oh, right now. Oh, this is a great little oh, use of the bah, APA. Bah, bah, bah. Great the APA bum rushed the ring and Bradshaw delivers a big boot to Benoit. Oh, sorry, it's Benoit, so it's only a medium boot. <laughs> Benoit takes a Farouk spine buster, which Benoit kicks out of. Wow, he's taking all the mid-card finishes and kicking out. Shane McMahon would be proud. <laughs> Benoit that delivers a completely unnecessarily brutal German suplex under Bradshaw. Uh, to summon Farouk and Jericho. Farouk stops the walls of Jericho and Jericho takes a double powerbomb. But Benoit ejects Brad out the ring and Jericho no-sells that move. <laughs> the move that could cost Saturn to line salt Farouk for the win. Uh, Regal isn't impressed. <laughs> I can't blame him. And makes up a non-title match against Big Show and Rhino. The Lost Kingdom. Knock down the Chris's <laughs> with clotheslines. The Lost Kingdom. Show press slams Jericho, which is an impressive sight. Weird how three quarters of this match had won world titles by this point, and Jericho's the odd one out. <laughs> Rhino stomps away on Jericho, but isn't as impressive as Elephant. 
Benoit gets the hot tag. That's unnecessary. Benoit gets the hot tag, and crowd is really into Benoit versus show, especially when Benoit teases a German. Would have been the. (laughs) 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 What's that? Is that a B? No, it's not. It looks like a B, but makes an S sound. What's that all about? Vassist? <laughs> Umlau, more like uninteresting. <laughs> Would have been the biggest German since Volta if he'd hit it. Instead, they attempt a Walls crossface combo and Rhino chair slots Jericho to lose via DQ. Keep him strong. Instead of Big Show, who looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rhino looks great and Big Show looks like a shit house. <laughs> That's just what we always wanted. <laughs> Big Show chokeslabs Benoit and Rhino gores Jericho. And then they enjoy it so much, they do it again. Yay! So with Benoit and Jericho down and out, here comes the main event. Steve Austin, Vincent Mann, the tag team of Stone Old. (laughs) Vince wants in first, but Benoit kicks out repeatedly. Austin paced Jericho on the outside, so Benoit locks in the crossface on Vince, but Austin saves. Little reaction for that, to be honest with you. Uh, Benoit counters the stunner to multiple Germans to big noise. Stop waffle, stop waffle, stop waffle. <laughs> Until Vince stops at five, stops which waffle. is Wunf in Deutsch. Uh, Austin delivers another brutal front suplex to Benoit onto the announce table, like he did last week. Jesus, Steve, last week was harsh enough. Austin starts chopping Benoit daft and then superplexes Benoit. In a weird sight, Austin bumps like how Benoit does. I'm unsure if that was deliberate or if he wasn't expecting all that air doing that move to a guy as small as Benoit. (laughs) Uh, Austin locks in the crossface and Jericho makes a save and then sticks the walls onto Vince. Austin delivers a stunner to Benoit, but the referee is busy with Jericho, so Austin stunners him too. Austin yells at the referee, but in the confusion, Benoit schoolboys Austin and and Austin shows us his Vince White backside to retain. Fun storyline stuff as Austin probably needed a breather after last week's war. Can't keep relying on Benoit and Jericho's iron spines forever though, lads. Just saying... Well, that was a very lengthy bunch of matches there, Tom. Girthy matches, but I really like the booking. Like, I liked APA getting a, getting a bit of a beating in there for yeah. them. Uh, I like Big Show and Rhino doing the damage. I think, Vin- I think Vince spent too long in the crossface without tapping. That- I think Austin was late on the save. I think Vince yeah, spent yeah. too long in there. I think that and there was a lack of heat for... No, no Benoit and Jericho had lots of cheers, but the lack of heat and any chances of them losing that mm. main event bit. That's the only thing that took it uh, away from it. Like, you'd think, like, no one was buying it. They're like, mm. whoa, they have just gotten beaten down, lads. They could, Vincent and Austin could yeah. win the titles, and people are like, they're not. Yeah. But they love the Germans. They did love the Germans. And, yeah, for some reason, Vince, Vince with the crossface just, just didn't get that reaction. You'd think that'll be it, right? I but whatever. So. That aside, yeah, strong main event, building towards more Jericho, Benoit, Austin, Bollocks. What did you remember from SmackDown this week? That whole entire main event bit. It's yeah. amazing. I, I thought we'd reached the bit where I'd stop watching on a weekly basis. Mm. But I actually just skipped a few. There's been a few where I went, I don't remember any of this bloody episode. I mustn't have seen it. But this, I distinctly remember. I remember Jeff Hardy winning the light heavyweight title. It's being a bit of a I weird well. indie yeah, yeah. fan, thinking like, oh, I like Jerry Lynn as champ. I'm really sad about that. So, yeah, Jeff winning the belt, I remember. What had you forgotten? 
I'd forgotten about Regal and Foley teasing something. Mm. Like, oh, the commish versus the commish. And even at Invasion, they didn't do with a thing. It was uh, Regal versus Raven. And then Foley was the guest yeah, ref for they... the Battle of the Refs. Then he get to win the Brown Panties match because he did the refs one. Like, all right. Yeah. Invasions Undercard was all over the place. It was a weird show. I think okay, there were a lot of a lot of sort of booking was from the uh Taz versus Tajiri and it was what was it like the most mid card team they could have put out? Was it like Albert, Big Show and Billy Gunn versus like Hugh Morris, mm. Sean Stajak and Chuck Palombo? It was like who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Mm. Anyway, so we'll that's we've gotten that to look exactly. forward to. What was something you forgot? Uh I think all the stuff with Undertaker and Kane. And uh, just buying outright that Vince wasn't lying to him and it was definitely telling the truth. Because <laughs> Undertaker is a stupid boy. This has guess written by Undertaker written on <laughs> It bloody does, yeah. doesn't it? He loves, he loves these good chew segments yeah, that he does for yeah, loads that time. Uh, yeah, no, you're not. We're back next week. We we're are. That next week. Classic at Cultaholic. Barring any nephews or cats or... All that bollocks. Washer dryers. Washer dryer. Uh, to which I'm going to go sign for mine shortly. But until oh, we are you. next back together, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Cool cane. I can see you scratching your bottom. Love All the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.